Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Good morning, faithful listeners, and happy Friday. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, and today we are going to be reading the most disturbing story in the entire Old Testament, if not potentially the entire Bible. So we are going to be uh, discussing Judges chapter 19 today. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. as usual. And let's just go ahead and jump right into this. Make sure you grab your cup of coffee. You're going to need it. When they were by Jebus, the day was far spent. And the servant said to his master, Please come and let's enter into this city of the Jebusites and stay in it. His master said to him, We won't enter into a city of a foreigner that is not of the children of Israel, but we will pass over to Gibeah. He said to his servant, Come and let's draw near to one of these places, and we will lodge in Gibeah or in Ramah. So they passed on and went their way, and the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. They went over there to go and stay in Gibeah. He went in and sat down in the street of the city, for there was no one who took them into his house to stay. Behold, an old man came from his work out of the field at evening. Now the man was from the hill country of Ephraim, and he lived in Gibeah. But the men of the place were Benjamites. He lifted up his eyes and saw the wayfaring man in the street of the city. And the old man said, Where are you going? Where did you come from? He said to him, We are passing from Bethlehem Judah to the farther side of the hill country of Ephraim. I am from there, and I went to Bethlehem Judah. I am going to Yahweh's house, and there is no one who has taken me into his house. Yet there is both straw and feed for our donkeys, and there is bread and wine also for me, and for your servant, and for the young man who is with your servants. There is no lack of anything. The old man said, Peace be to you. Just let me supply all your needs, but don't sleep in the street. So he brought him into his house, and gave the donkeys fodder. Then they washed their feet, and ate and drank. As they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain wicked fellows, surrounded the house, beating at the door. And they spoke to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring out the man who came into your house, that we can have sex with him. The man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brothers, please don't act so wickedly, since this man has come into my house. Don't do this folly. Behold, here's my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out now. Humble them and do with them what seems good to you, but to this man don't do any such folly. But the men wouldn't listen to him. So the man grabbed his concubine and brought her out to them, and they had sex with her, and abused her all night until the morning. When the day began to dawn, they let her go. Then the woman came in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her lord was, until it was light. Her lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house, and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, had fallen down at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, Get up, let's get going. But no one answered. Then he took her up on the donkey, and the man rose up and went to his place. When he had come into his house, he took a knife and cut up his concubine and divided her limb by limb into twelve pieces and sent her throughout all the borders of Israel. It was so that all who saw it said, Such a deed has not been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt to this day. Consider it, take counsel, and speak. So verse 11 if you guys remember, this Levite man had a concubine, which first things first shouldn't have happened because Levites were supposed to be set apart as God's priests. So they shouldn't have had anything outside of the typical one man and one woman design that God had for all of Israel and for the entire world. 
so this Levite never should have taken a concubine to begin with. And we don't know if he was married to somebody else. We have no clue. We just know that his concubine left him and she cheated on him. She cheated on him and then left his house and ran away and went back to her father's house and stayed there. So the Levite, four months later, decides to go and get his concubine back. So he goes to her father's house and uh, hangs out with the father and talks sweetly to the concubine. And he convinces her to come back home with him. So where we left off last time was that the father didn't really want them to go. I wonder why. (laughs) Now that we're reading this next portion. The father didn't really want them to go. And then the Levite was like, nope, we're definitely going. So the concubine went back with him. So they're traveling along and it says in verse 11 that the day was well spent. So that means it was getting to be nighttime and they were by Jebus. And that was in another name for Jerusalem. So the servant who was with the Levite says to his master, please come and let's enter into the city of the Jebusites and stay in it. So the the servant had a better idea for what was safe than this Levite did. But the Levite, out of just complete prejudice, was like, no, we're not going to stay in a Jebusite area. It's going to be too dangerous. We're foreigners. We can't stay there. Let's go over to Gibeah. We'll stay with my people. So that's exactly what happens. And it's basically nighttime is what it says. And so they enter into Gibeah and they are looking for a place to lodge and nobody will take them in. Because back in these days, it was very common for travelers to find a place to stay. Like somebody would just open up their doors and let them in. <laughs> that was kind of like the, the custom back in these days. But this Levite, nobody's taking him in. And don't forget, these were Israelites. These weren't foreigners. And yet, this man still couldn't find a place to stay because you can see how far this area of Gibeah has fallen. Nobody is willing to welcome foreigners that are traveling through, which was against God's law, by the way, because God was very clear that travelers were supposed to be treated with hospitality, whether or not they were from Israel. All travelers and foreigners were to be treated with respect as they were traveling through Israel. And yet uh, this Benjamite city of Gibeah didn't care about traveling foreigners or anything along those lines. So it says that the man and his concubine and the servant, along with the two donkeys, are just sitting out in the middle of the street, is what it says. They are sitting in the street, uh, the street of the city, for there is no one to take them in to the house to stay. So this means that this Levite is about to go and sleep outside for the night. So behold, an old man came from his work out of the field at evening. So this old man owns a field, so he was more well off. He's coming into the city to go home after a long day of work. And he sees the Levite with his concubine sitting in the middle of the city street. So he goes over and he talks to the Levite and he says, Where have you come from? Why are you here just sitting in the middle of the city looking like you're about to sleep in the street? (laughs) So the Levite says, we're passing from Bethlehem, Judah to the further side of the hill country of Ephraim. I am from there and I went to Bethlehem, Judah. Now, this is important because in verse 16, it actually mentions that the old man was from the hill country of Ephraim, but was now living in the city of Gibeah in this area of Benjamin. So this old man sees these travelers and realizes that they're from the same place that he's from, the hill countries of Ephraim. And so he's probably much more likely now to take them into his house. Just like if you met somebody from 
your home state or your city that you used to live in, you would much more likely strike up a friendship with them. In verse 18, the Levite says, we're from the hill country of Ephraim, but before we go home, we're, we're traveling to Shiloh to go and sacrifice at the temple. So this old man is hearing all this. He is talking to a Levite that's from his hometown and a Levite who is also devout, right? Because he's going to Shiloh to sacrifice to Yahweh. So the old man is, is beginning to strike up a friendship with this young Levite. And then the Levite says, you know, nobody would take me into the house. That's why I'm sitting out here in the street. I can't find a place to stay, even though I brought food for everybody here and I have enough food also for my donkeys. Like, I'm not going to put anyone out. So the old man's like, oh, no, don't even worry about it. You're going to come and stay with me. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed your donkeys. Like, don't even worry about it. Just come and stay with me. And then it says in verse 20, just don't sleep in the street. (laughs) So do you think this old man knew that there was going to be a problem if this man and his concubine and his servant slept in the street of this horrific area of Gibeah? So in verse 21, the man brings the Levite into his house, and he gave the donkeys fodder. Then he washed their feet, and they ate and drank, and they were making their hearts merry, is what it says, when suddenly they hear the door getting pounded on. And all of these terrible men from the city, we don't know how many there were, but there was several, these terrible men come and start pounding on this man's door. Now, can you imagine? Can you absolutely imagine the gall that somebody would have to have to come and pound on your door when you bring a guest into your house to demand to have sex with the guest. If that happened around me, my husband and I would be like, you better get your butts off my property. And I've had many people actually ask me specifically regarding self-defense and whether or not scripture allows it. And you all know, if you listen to my podcast enough, that I am pro Second Amendment. And I've had people ask me about that. I am pro Second Amendment because of stories like this in Scripture. And I believe that Scripture is very clear that you can and should protect yourself and protect your family. There's a verse in First Timothy. I'm going to read it to you guys. It's First Timothy 5, 8. It says, if anyone fails to provide for his own, And especially for those of his own family, he has denied the faith by disregarding his precepts and is worse than an unbeliever who fulfills his obligation in these matters. So I think that's pretty clear that if somebody doesn't provide basic needs for their own family, like safety and food and security and a home for their own families, that person is worse than an unbeliever, it says who is able to fulfill those obligations. So scripture is clear. You provide for your family. But that is not what these men did here in Judges 19. So the old man, as these people are knocking and banging and pounding on his door, the old man goes outside and he says to the wicked Benjamites of this city, He says in verse 23, no, my brothers, please don't act so wickedly since this man has come into my house. Don't do this folly. And then he says, behold, here's my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out now. You may humble them and do what seems good to you. But to this man, don't do any such folly. This uh, old man was more willing 
to protect a Levite from danger than he was to protect his own daughter. And I don't know why, honestly. I don't know if this was because of superstition that this old man, you know, brought a Levite into his home and the Levites had a special place in Israel. And so this old man thought that he needed to protect the Levite above everything else, even his own virgin daughter. And then he also offers, though, the Levite's concubine. He doesn't even he doesn't care about the woman he brought into his house as a guest because she's just a concubine. She's just a object. So the old man is offering the Levite's concubine to these wicked Benjamites and his own daughter as well. This old man, though he had the right heart initially for bringing guests into his home and not letting them sleep on the streets, he was more willing to appease these wicked men by giving them his daughter and the concubine than he was to just protect his household. And I mean, how often do we do that here in society as well? There are people out there that truly want to destroy basic human rights. Like, for example, the one I just mentioned, the right to protect oneself, the Second Amendment here in America. There are so many people that want to take that basic right away from other people. But the sad matter is, is that most people are willing to sit back like this old man did and allow their families and their family's rights to be taken away just so that they don't have to do the hard thing. So the master of the house in verse 23 goes out to them, offers the virgin daughter, offers the concubine. But it says in verse 25 that the men wouldn't listen to him. So the Levite, in order to save his own skin, grabs his concubine, it says. So he was not polite with her at all. He treated her as just an object for these men to abuse. He brings her out, basically throws her out the door and shuts it. And the men take the concubine and abuse her and rape her all night. And this was where I was kind of saddened about some of the commentaries I read, because one of them actually said that because this woman had cheated initially at the beginning of this chapter, she was in a way worthy of this. Because back in the Old Testament days, God had said that if anybody cheats on their spouse, that they are worthy of the death penalty. However, this woman was not worthy of this. Because first and foremost, this was not the death penalty. This was torture for many hours. And secondly, whenever the death penalty was carried out for cheating or anything along those lines, God specifically said, that it had to be done in order. What's that mean? With a court system. The man couldn't just decide to abuse his wife or throw her out in the street for the men to take care of her, like this story says right here, or do anything else to her. He had to bring her before the judge and also vice versa. This was whether or not it was male or female. If the man cheated on the wife, she could bring him also to the court and be like, hey, he cheated on me. And it would be the same exact progression. So God put the court system in place for things like that. But there was no court system here in Judges 19. And that is very clear because of what happens after this, where the Levite like cuts up the concubine and sends her out to the 12 different tribes. Like, why didn't he take it to a court? Because there was no court system. These people were not doing anything that the Old Testament law told them to do. They weren't following God's laws. They didn't 
I don't even know if they had a high priest at this point in time. They probably did, but we don't know who he is. There was no judge that we know of. Nothing that God told the people to do was happening. There was nothing. So this Levite throws the concubine out into the streets for her to get tortured and raped all night. And then it says that the men let her go in the morning. So the woman crawls her way back to the house and it says that she had fallen down at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. Now, a lot of people think that this means that she died, but it doesn't specifically say that she died right here. It doesn't specifically say that. All it says was that she had fallen down at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. So her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors to the house and went out to go his way, not even caring about his concubine, this human being, you know, this woman. And so he sees her and he says to her, get up and let's get going. But no one answered. So now this Levite is angry at his concubine because he threw her out into the night and she got abused and raped. And he has no sympathy for that. He just has irritation towards her because of this entire situation, it seems like. Or just because he had literally no regard for her life to begin with. So no one answers, it says, and that is where people assume that she had died. But like I said, it doesn't specifically say that. It says, then he took her up on the donkey and the man rose up and went to his place. So she could have died on the way home because this man gave her no care or no help. She could have died at the threshold or the Levites could have killed her and cut her up into 12 pieces. It does not say when she died. This Levite is the scum of the earth. And that is not what Levites were supposed to be. Levites were supposed to be not the scum of the earth. They were supposed to be people who followed God's laws intently and completely. And this story just shows how far Israel fell and how far away Yahweh was. This chapter shows what human beings are like. This is like the epitome of hedonism, this entire chapter. The concubine was hedonistic by cheating initially. The Levite was hedonistic because he was much more willing to sacrifice a woman to save him than he was willing to go out and to protect his family. The old man, I don't know what was going on with him, but he was either superstitious or afraid, and he was willing to give up his own virgin daughter to these wicked people. And then, of course, there's the wicked men. So hedonistic, so self-worshipping that they have the audacity to pound on somebody's door to demand to have sex with somebody in the household. So everything about this shows what self-worship and hedonism gets you. This is human right here. This entire chapter is human. So what ends up happening is... The Levite, eventually angry over what happened to his concubine and potentially saddened after the fact, he chops her up into 12 different pieces and sends each piece to each head of the tribes of Israel. 
So it says he cut her up limb by limb, divided her into 12 pieces and sent her throughout all the borders of Israel. So he didn't even respect her in her death. It was so that all who said it said such a deed has not been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt to this day. Consider it, take counsel and speak. So the Israelite leaders who received the limbs of this concubine are disgusted, obviously, because if you suddenly um, got something in the mail of somebody's limb, you would be horrified, right? So these elders are going to do something. But it is sad that that truly nothing that God told the Israelites to do, the Israelites were doing. There's no high priest that we know of. There's no court system in place. There's no judge. There's no elders. There's no Old Testament law. Nothing is happening that God told the people to do. Once again, this entire chapter shows what happens to a society when you allow hedonism and self-worship and idolatry take over. Well, faithful listeners, this was a longer episode, but uh, important to discuss. You can just see some some similarities of the hedonistic Israelites in today's very hedonistic society that we have. So it's sometimes good to draw parallels from scripture because it's the guidebook for our lives. But anyway, faithful listeners, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Friday after this uh, very depressing (laughs) episode. We'll talk more about what happens to the Benjamites on Monday because the Israelites are going to respond to this horrible thing that just happened. All right, friends and faithful listeners, have a great rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.